Bias and JC. Enjoy the show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. HR Talk. I'm JC, your co-captain of the ship, taking you all the way up to the midday hour here on the program. It's understood you're not listening live, so ha. if you are listening right now, just make sure you keep listening till midday to prove me right. <laughs> With that being said, please welcome uh, the co-captain of the ship, the guy on the uh, who's below deck right now, taking care of the engine, Ricky Bias. And by below deck, he means Florida, where there is not an inch of snow. And Nothing. no snow in Buffalo either. No snow in Western New York as of right now. Eh, that could be debatable. I don't know. No, we're do- we're doing good. The uh, the ten feet of snow melted. Uh, everything is turning green again and back to normal. The birds are out. Ew. The sun is chirping. It's it's a wild time in uh, in the realm of Western New the York. Sun hey, is how chirping, boy? How the sun is chirping? Yep. How, how was your uh, Thanksgiving? It was great. It, it was. Um, I I normally this is gonna sound weird. I normally don't look forward to family gatherings like that just because I get anxious. Um, but uh, it was really fun. You know, my mom was here. My mother in law. It was great, and uh, we packed up the car and uh, took off to Hilton Head, South Carolina, the very next day, and had a blast up there. Yeah, it was good, man. How about yours? Nothing screams the holidays more than an entire family getting in a single car and driving across <laughs> multiple states. We are Puerto Rican, after all. <laughs> so that kind of happens in our culture. You gave the secrets to your lifestyle and castle away. Oh, my God. Oh, people know. People know. It's okay. It's all right. Uh, yeah, dude. Folks let you see life from another perspective. They can expand the mind and awareness. These are inspirational quotes. Let's Ricky Baez. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Inspirational quotes with Ricky Baez to start your work week. All right. In the time when there's a lot of layoffs and there's a lot of scrambling to recruit, I want people to know when you look for talent, look for passion and look for purpose. You can always train skill, but you can never, ever train character or work ethic. can't train character, nor can you train work ethic. Wise words of wisdom from the wisest man in his own house, Ricky Baez. Amazing words from, well, from a guy we know. That's all. That's all. You I'm almost said Silverback Gorilla, didn't you? No. Nope. You almost said that. I did not. Hey, it was a uh, it was a great holiday uh, over on this side here and settling back in as well. I had an opportunity to head down to Tejas, uh, saw mm. my daughter, traveled all over the place with her. Uh, caught some college football, saw two old Marine Corps brothers as well as their families. Uh, had a great nice. opportunity to eat amazing barbecue and uh, uh, tons of tons of uh, fantastic breakfasts. And, and one of the best breakfasts I got to tell you about, it was this uh, small uh, restaurant. I, I want to say it was El Ranchito or something like that in Waco. Okay. And um, when, when you leave uh, the, uh, quote, common area of tourism, and then you head uh-huh. into the different cultural suburbs. There's this small town diner, and uh, it's it's in the shadows of a Mexican grocery store as well. Okay, and you go in, you walk in the front doors, 
and you're greeted immediately by a full-service bar, which for breakfast is not serving. And then you go past ah. that and past the machines where you, that, that have the claw to pick up the little toys, and then they seat you. And, and I ordered this um, El Pastor uh, breakfast, and it, it was all this, uh, this pork that was cooked up just right with, that had been soaking in amazing goodness forever uh, with some scrambled eggs that had like that white cheese, but it was like a, a queso, right, mixed in there, and uh, so, some chipotle beans, and it was just to die for. It was so good. It was hands down one of the better meals I had, other than uh, my trip up to Texas Hill Country. Uh, mm. My daughter and I, we stopped at um, Round Rock Donuts in the town of Round Rock. Their donut, the Texas donut, is the size of a tractor tire. It was amazing. What? Yeah, yeah, it was it was huge, like a, like the uh, front tire on a tractor. So bought that and that donut freaking big. Yeah, it was pretty big, man. I mean, that donut lasted the two of us an entire week. I'm not even going to lie. And then after that, got up with another Marine Corps brother and we went out uh, way into the hill country past uh, man past. I can't even tell you how many ranches I, I didn't even know where I was. Cell service was lost for a little bit. Didn't see any Amish people. But one of the cool things was in the, in the middle of like nowhere, uh, we make a right hand turn into this gravel parking lot. We park the vehicles, walk up to the front doors, and as we're walking up, I, I, I smell something wafting in the air. And it's know. not a smell. It's, it's an alluring odor that pulls you in. Yes, and there's know. all these people underneath this outdoor pavilion just standing around. I'm like, oh. You smell people. It must be like some outdoor bar type thing. No, they were waiting to go in the doors. <laughs> they had... At, at the Salt Lick, it's called the Salt Lick, uh, out in the middle of nowhere, kind of outside the town of Buda in Texas. An amazing fire pit that was probably about the size of your kitchen, and it was just an entire grill. And oh, it was nice. fed by nothing but logs, and they kept that fire stoked and burning all day and all night. And the sheer amount of meat that was on top of that, oh my gosh, and they had sausages and everything hanging from the rafters around it. I sat down, looked at the menu, became intrigued by what I saw. I chose to get ribs, Rick. And the ribs I purchased were only two. I only got two ribs on the plate. Only two ribs, man. Like two bones or two slabs? Two bones <laughs> of bison rib. Dietary recruit. <laughs> bison rib. Let oh, me tell you, big then. Yeah, man. Yeah, I yeah, felt like Fred big, freaking yeah. Flintstone. These things were monstrous. Uh, they were unbelievable, too. Unbelievable. Totally worth the money. Uh, if you're ever out in Texas Hill Country, take the drive. Stop by the Salt Lake Barbecue. If you follow me on Instagram, you've probably seen some of the pictures. Uh, they did uh, put put a little bit of that reel back <laughs> out there, too. But amazing stuff. Um, drove all over Texas and, and came back, man. So it was good. It was a great trip. It's, it's good to be back. And... Uh, Wow, we have so much to get into today, Ricky Baez. Let me tell you, I don't even know where to begin. Uh, I have everything queued up and on tap. I'd like to ask you first, before we start, where would you like to go? Well, I mean, we can go the the common route, the path of least resistance, where it's right in our face, and we can go to Twitter, or we can go to our favorite employment and labor law attorney in Florida, He's got a couple of things that he put over on LinkedIn that I think we should cover. You tell me, 
Let's pick our adventure. Well, you said Twitter first, so let's go Twitter. to the Twitter verse. Twitter. Liberal Twitter. commentators race to criticize Elon Musk and Substack writer Matt Taibbi's blockbuster Twitter thread disclosing Twitter employees and lawmakers' private discussions about censoring the New York Post's Hunter Biden laptop story in 2020. The Twitter files were shared by Taibbi on the social media platform Friday night at Musk's request. Musk submitted emails and other documents exposing how Twitter engaged in censorship before the 2020 presidential elections, including squashing the Post's story. Twitter workers had open routes with powerful third parties, including members of both political parties, to manage unwanted posts. Intriguing. Both political parties involved in this in managing social media posts. Taibbi said more liberals on Twitter meant more demands to mute conservative accounts, which then led to many people being blocked and no longer allowed on Twitter. Um, there's a lot going on with that, politically speaking, to the depths of which we're not going to. I don't know. I don't I don't want to re- uh, get too deep to. into no. politics today. Uh, but, we're not politics, just Twitter. But uh one very interesting email here. Uh, former Twitter head of trust and safety, Yoel Roth, reportedly advised staff to bury the New York Post story in light of lessons learned in 2016. Twitter tried to diminish the files. Uh, there was a, re- a revelation by attacking Taibbi and Elon Musk. Pod Save America podcast co-host and former Obama White House staffer John Favreau attacked Elon Musk stating Elon's trying to shame someone who's fought with addiction to juice engagement on the platform that he bought that's <laughs> hemorrhaging money. <coughs> Back to you. So, look, um, I'm going to say the same thing now that I said when Twitter banned Trump. Twitter is not a government organization. It is a private entity. <laughs> they can do what they want. Twitter is not a, a, a they're, they're not a journal a journalist organization. They're not the Wall Street Journal. They're not the New York Times. They're not the New York Post. They can put or not put whatever stories they want. And now that Elon is, is you know, is bringing Trump back, people are still upset. He can do what he wants. It is his organization. It is a private entity. I don't understand where we went from seeing Twitter as a mode of communication between individuals to it being a source of credible news because it's not. They, they don't have any type of journalistic training like other journalists do. So who cares what they put on there? Who cares what they push? Who cares what they bury, to be honest? So to me, I, it's, it's, it just, it's, it's a non-story from that perspective, right? Because people keep seeing it like, 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 this, this, like the Oracle, this big in library of information that we, we, we should all be following. You, you know, the freedom of speech does not follow you there. So no. Not from that perspective. Now, what this dude is doing, I don't agree with his approach, Elon Musk. But let me tell you, man, he's making some necessary changes in that organization. So Twitter's still going strong. And there's, what, 2,700 employees that are gone and they're still still working through it? That kind of highlights what kind of inefficiencies they had in, in place. If 2,700 employees that were necessary employees were gone, the organization would fail. And it's still going. So I think he's he's doing some things right. I just wish he would do it in a less aggressive way. A lot of words from the HR guy. <laughs> wow. A lot of words just strung together. 
Yeah, put together. They're called paragraphs and thought process. Yeah, that's normally how it works. I don't know. I don't and think that- it's a non-starter. I think it's a starter. I think uh, when when you have a social media platform that uh, could do whatever it wants, and it has wide-reaching impact and influence on everybody, and then it takes a position and stance of censoring and, and curtailing thought and trying to drive specific narratives, not from both sides, but one particular side over the other, and then that's exposed. I think it's pretty big. Now, the guy is attempting to open up the realm of free speech and give everyone a fair seat at the table for discussion, and it's interesting because even though it is a private company and they could do whatever they want, yada, 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 it, it is still like a hallmark of society in a way, in the same way that we see from other social media platforms as social media threads itself into our society. So it's not like people necessarily have an electronic bill of rights in a way where their free speech is upheld, but kudos to the vendor that desires to attempt to provide uh, a realm of free speech and openness and willingness for discussion. Now, there are a lot of people out there that are pushing the boundaries of that, right, to see Mm -hmm. where that line of demarcation is uh, when it comes to a new realm of free speech. But all that aside, it's extremely intriguing to see the owner of the organization reveal so much information about things that happened that we, the public, were lied to about. We were told things were one specific way and we were sold a narrative. And the reality is, is it was a a blend and mockery of all systems entirely uh, with blame to be placed on all parties involved doesn't matter if they're leaning to the right, leaning to the left, leaning in the middle. It was it was turning into a controlled narrative. And um, it's interesting times that we're in. I And as he moves forward with the platform and we start to see whether or not the uh, the app is going to be deregulized or, or not available in the Apple store or the <laughs> Appling uh, tree or whatever you call the Apple thing. I don't know. And then the, Google, the Apple store, the Apple thing, it's not that hard. Yeah, the Apple thing. And then the uh, the Google Pie, uh, the Google uh, Pie case store, whatever they have, too. I don't know. It's all something to do with that? fruits. Right. So as they take the app away, if, if the app does disappear from these platforms, the intriguing part is. And I'm not wearing a tinfoil hat by any stretch of the imagination. People have talked about this already. Is he going to branch out to build his own? his own handheld device, his own cell phone network based off Starlink? Is he going to head down a different path and, and rival the big two monopolies that exist out there? I don't know. It's an intriguing time. He's like the Nikola Tesla of modern day, and so many people hate him just because he doesn't align with their viewpoints anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 it's. Did that, you see that, that thing the- from Alyssa Milano? No, that what was amazing this past week. She put out a tweet uh, attacking Elon Musk and was like, you know, anyone that promotes hate speech and this, that, the other and 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 everything that you stand for, Elon, I'm getting rid. I'm paraphrasing, by the way, I'm yeah. getting rid of my Tesla and I'm going to get a Volkswagen electric. And he responded with just a 100 percent of the laughing emoji because VW was the, re- <laughs> the roots of VW. <laughs> Go back to the Nazi party of Germany and hate speech. And, so it's, <laughs> it's good. Straight to Germany. Yeah, it's, it's all good, right? And it, oh, the worst awesome. part is she's picking on an African-American. <laughs> it's 
took me a second. It took me a second, but okay, got it. I did not see that. Um, wow, that uh, that kind of puts it into perspective because it took me a second to really uh, really understand what you said there. Um, so, again, what does she expect? I mean, is Twitter the all-knowing library of humanity? It's not. It really isn't. It, it's nobody's freaking out about this with Facebook. They kind of are, with, with, with Facebook. but what about my? <laughs> well, no, I mean yeah, that already are. happened. Uh, MySpace yeah, sold already. off, so don't bring that one up. You know? I, well, that's what I was going to say. MySpace, Bebo, Friendster. I mean, they're also media platforms. At what point? At what point does an organization go from just a simple organization and a simple app to be such a behemoth of an information machine that everybody thinks they have a right to say or not say what the owner of the organization should do with this? It's just that's the part that back that boggles my mind. It just boggles. It's just, it's, it's a private entity. He spent forty four billion dollars on it. Let him play with his toy. Boggles or bottles? It bottles. Boggles. It it, it's, well, it kind of bottles it as well. It does. But I mean, come on. It's it's people are getting way, way just they got nothing else to complain and argue about. Let the man do his thing. I really think he's doing great things. He's shaking things up in there. And I think Twitter 2.0 is going to be amazing. And then a lot of employees left on their own terms because Elon gave them an ultimatum. Elon said either you come on board or uh, to, to, to this Twitter 2.0, we're going to work you to death. I mean, that's not what he said. I'm paraphrasing. You know, there's going to be a lot of long hours. And um, here we go on 5 p.m. on a Thursday. You let me know if you want to come on board or take a three-month severance. A lot of people took, took the severance, and I really think they are jumping off a gravy train. Because, yes, it's a lot of uh, hard work. And that so, was also personal choice. It was. Yeah. No, it was. He gave him an alt- he gave him a choice. I rather have somebody give me a choice, clear choice of what my options are, than have an unclear future and continue on charting on a path that I have no idea no idea where it's going. He did a good thing. From a leadership perspective, he afforded employees the opportunity. He, if, he did. if you're going to change the culture of whatever your organization is, I don't care if you're Twitter or Alpo Dog Food or uh, the call center up the road in Orlando that wants to make sure everyone's car insurance is taken care of. If you yeah. want to make sure that the culture is good and it's the way you want it to be, you you got to step up to the plate. He yeah. he stepped he up to the plate, man. You know? He did. He is treating this situation like anybody with his kind of resources would treat a situation like this. Would nuke it completely blow it up, shake up that tree, let the weak leaves fall and whatever strong branches or leaves are left, that's that's who you're going to work with for new Twitter 2.0. And people who are afraid of work don't want to do that. So fine, buy a ticket, severance, and go somewhere else. I'm, I'm perfectly okay with that. As all the birds are speaking up over you. So much going on in the tropics. We're going to take a trip all the way down to Florida for our next story here. And our next topic. You know, some employers are, quote, by the way, quote, some employers are really cheap. One such penny pincher called me, proud that they found a way to make sure they never pay overtime. You only get part-time hours, you know, 26 or 32 hours, but never anywhere near 40. Initially, I expected the small restaurant to have maybe 10 to 15 employees, maybe 20. I about fell off my chair when I was told that they had a whopping 60 employees. Well, this Florida business owner was equally shocked when I gave her a wake-up call. 
Did you know that you are covered by the FMLA? Crickets. <laughs> it gets worse. Well, Dave, we never had anyone ask for it. This is from the desk of Dave Miklas, by the way. If you haven't figured this out yet, follow him on LinkedIn. Dave Miklas replies, hmm. That's probably because you don't have an FMLA policy or an employee handbook like you're supposed to. The business owner thought she beat me. Good news. We don't even have a handbook. Ha <laughs> ha. David Miklas replies, if no handbook or written leave material exists, the employer must distribute this general notice to each new employee upon hire. For the record, that's not how David Miklas talks. This it could be. It could be. Don't do that. Don't do that. He's a, he's a very strong man on top of the mountain. By the way, he's a labor and employment attorney defending discrimination, uh, harassment, retaliation, EEOC, FLSA, and, and so much more. LinkedIn. He does David it Miklas. all. Yeah. He did not pay to be talked about during the segment. Nope. So, so, so after he made this statement to them, uh, there was crickets again. You know, it continues on. Normally, there would be no reason that the small business needs to comply with the FMLA. It's one less headache to worry about. However, because of the desire to avoid paying overtime, now this business has a massive liability. Because they fired employees who got sick and went three days without mm. working. Mm. Perhaps they're being scheduled so a few hours might provide a defense because the employees may not have the requisite 1,250 hours of service during a 12-month period immediately before the date the FMLA leave is to start. Don't be cheap. Make sure you run these things by your legal counsel. He then opened up the post on LinkedIn. For thoughts, comments, and prayers from human resources. Not prayers. I added that part. But if you're in HR working for that restaurant, you may need prayers. Ricky Baez, what do you think about this one? He Look, he brought something to the table that, I, again, that restaurant never thought about. But HR people and labor and employment attorneys do. You know, what are you going to do? It's just because you're trying to be cheap. And you're putting all these policies in place. And I get it. As a business leader, as a CFO, you are the you are the custodian of the, of the financial assets of the organization. You want to make sure that you're doing right by the organization. But don't put on those blinders so close to your eyes that you really cannot see the employees that are there to help you get there and the policies that are put in place to make sure your employees are treated fairly. So this conversation started with, hey... I'm showing off here because I'm saving a couple of bucks by not allowing my employees to go into overtime, which, by the way, there's another aspect to that, how the employees feel about that. But they were just excited that they didn't have a handbook as if, ha, I got you. I beat you on that one. <laughs> yeah, beat you, buddy. And, yeah, the FMLA, FMLA piece will get you. Now, he is right, right, because there is a uh, there is a minimum qualification you need to meet. You've got to work 1,250 hours before the leave is to start and work 12 consecutive months before the leave is to start, right? That needs to happen. And, yeah, there could be a defense there because the employees don't work long enough hours in a week to, to, to get 1250, we don't know. You know, we have to take it on a case by case basis. You're just asking for trouble, and they're going to be cheap like that. Just pay them the forty hours, or if you need to go into 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 over forty hours so much, then maybe you have to take a look at your staffing model. 
But yeah, they're being too cheap. And this is when you let finance finance people focus just on finance and not the human beings behind the organization. Do so, me a favor. Do me a favor. Yeah. If you're in this position, just call a lawyer and get it figured out. Call an employment you labor go. attorney. You we go. are not the employment labor attorneys. And this is not official legal advice. But by the way, pay breaches are classified into three types. The first is withholding money as a form of punishment. Even mm. if an employee breaks business policy and quits on bad terms, they're still entitled to their <clears> entire <throat> wage. And if a corporation withholds this pay, it may face substantial administrative and legal consequences. Mm -hmm. Now, another key pay infraction is withholding and deducting salary without consent. Employers cannot withhold more than the legally required withholdings, such as FICA taxes from an employee's earnings, mm -hmm. without their approval. And yet another infringement is paying less than the minimum wage. Employees' earnings cannot be deducted for shortages, uniforms, or instruments of the trade if they bring the employee's wages below the minimum wage. Keep in mind that some firms may be required to follow state minimum wage rules that are higher than the federal minimum wage as well. So, things to consider. I just had a client actually uh, talk to me about that last week. We were having a, con you know, and I'm glad she gave me a call. We were having a conversation about this is in the construction industry, where we uh, there was this one employee who um, was um, buying tools from the organization via payroll deductions, right? But they have to sign a contract that says if you leave within a year, you got to pay all this back. It's about four thousand dollars worth of tools. So the person put in a one month notice, right? And the person was leaving, and. The, the HR person called me and said, hey, you know, how much can we deduct at a time? And I'm like, how much is owed? And told me like, you know, like in the thousands. And I'm like, you can deduct as much as you can so long as you don't put him below minimum wage and you don't put him below any kind of court uh, court ordered garnishments. Because those still have to be paid. There it is. Those still have to be paid. Yeah. Yep. So you cannot not pay those. So then she asked me, what happens if he leaves and he still has a balance of $2,000? And I'm like, it's you got to pay them the wage that 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 he worked. Follow those parameters. Anything after that, send them that cute little letter that says, "Hey, you owe us this much," right? So, I think a better way to avoid this is to have a better process. Just buy the tools for the employees outright. Buy for the, buy the buy the tools for the employees. Have them return it later on, um, because to have them buy, take it out of their pay. It's just a headache. Right. She's spending a lot of time trying to figure this out. She got three more employees that way. So it's just a better thing to just buy tools, um, come up with maybe a 15, 20 percent shrinkage that might happen with the tools at the end of the year. And then <laughs> you should be good. So, yeah. I got gonged. You didn't get gonged. What happened? Employers got gonged. Shoot. And because of that, Amazon now plans to lay off up to 20,000 workers across the company. And this is in the coming months, including to distribution center workers, tech staff, corporate executives, and human resource people. Roughly twice as many as previously reported, that is, yeah. as a retail and cloud computing behemoth retrenches after a hiring binge during the pandemic. According to sources with firsthand knowledge of the subject, who did explicitly state they would like to remain anonymous. What? Amazon employees are ranked from level of one through seven and staff at all levels are expected to be affected. Mm. Now, the New York Times originally reported in mid-November that Amazon will be implementing huge layoffs, citing sources who suggested up to 10,000 staff would be let go. But the real number is 20,000 or more. Double. <laughs> During the early days of the pandemic, uh, panda, pandemic, what? pandemics. Panda Express. 
During the early days of Panda Express, Amazon's retail business grew significantly. I love Lamp. I love Lamp. Look, Amazon's retail business grew significantly during the pandemic, which focused us to make judgments at times, to invest a lot more money and go much faster and further into constructing infrastructure than we would ever expect it to have gone, according to Amazon. Even Amazon's most profitable business and cloud services division, Amazon Web Services, AWS, it has now officially shown signs of slowing growth since the beginning of the fiscal year, reporting revenue growth of 27.5% year-on-year for the quarter ended September, compared to 33% and 36.5% year-on-year growth for the previous two quarters. Ricky Baez, things aren't looking good in the world of Amazon. So, let me guess. People who are upset by this, they want uh, job Jeff Bezos to fly around in his private jet to meet with each uh, each and every one of these individuals personally, each 20,000 of them, and tell them they're laid off in person. They don't want to do it via Zoom. They want Jeff to do it. Could you imagine? That's what's happening. Could you imagine? <laughs> I mean, I'm not laughing at that. This is actually pretty sad because this is the time is it's um, normally historically Amazon is insanely busy from the week before Thanksgiving until the, the first week in January. And here we are a week after Thanksgiving and Amazon first said last week, two weeks ago, that we're going to lay off 10,000 employees. And now they were wrong, not by 2%, not by 5%, but it's 20,000 employees now. What does that tell you about what is going to happen? What is the state of affairs of this economy when right before, quote unquote, their Christmas season, where they're, where they're supposed to be ramping up in, in, in labor, they're laying off. That's scary. And I don't know if people realize that because this is their Black Friday right here. And they're saying don't. they are way too overstaffed for Black Friday. It's, it's not about color. It, <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate you uh, You jumping in and keeping me honest there. Thanks. Um, there you go. Good job. Good job. Good job. All right. Our next topic for you is going to take us out to uh, Seattle. You know, some downtown Seattle small businesses are beginning to feel the effects of the most recent round of tech layoffs in the industry. A company called Pandora Fitness is located on the corner of 8th Avenue and Virginia Street, steps away from Amazon's headquarters and businesses such as Meta or Meta. Mata, oh. <laughs> Mita, Meta, Meta, Meta. It's meat spelled wrong. <laughs> meat spelled wrong. Yeah. Let me try the sentence again. Steps away from Amazon's headquarters and businesses such as meat spelled wrong. In <laughs> November, the tech titans announced layoffs. Amazon announced major layoffs in the midst of mounting economic concerns, following in the footsteps of Facebook's parent company, Meat Spelt Wrong, which announced layoffs of. 11,000 employees their own, 13% of its staff. Not to mention Twitter, who just shit-canned everyone. The layoffs... I'm kidding. Scratch that. The layoffs have had an impact on Pandora Fitness's bottom line, where 80% of the customers work in technology. Now, we've definitely had, like, maybe 8 to 10% that have come in and said, hey, just in the last four weeks, I've lost my job, according to David Israel. Pandora Fitness owner, despite borrowing $250,000 to survive the pandemic, during which gyms experienced some of the most stringent COVID-19 rules, businesses like his are still down by 65%. Israel owns a second gym in Belltown, but he intended for the South Lake Union site to be the flagship location until work from home living 
became more of a long-term reality. Reality. Uh, they have a landlord, Ricky, and that landlord is Hudson Pacific. And that landlord has been very supportive, but the buildings are all empty because everybody wants to work from home. So he described the members of his family as he discounted fees as much as he could to emphasize fitness. However, as time passed, fewer customers came in the doors. Fewer customers paid the bill. And after four and a half years, you can't believe it's coming to an end, but it is. On the day of this recording, Pandora Fitness officially closes its doors for the last time. Ricky Bias, back to you. So he took a two hundred a quarter million dollar PPP loan. I'm assuming. I'm assuming that's a uh, the PPP loan from the pandemic, right? If that was the case, then if he would have followed the process and procedures of getting that PPP loan, that should have been forgiven. And if that loan was forgiven and still had to close its doors, something tells me this has got nothing to do with the pandemic and everything to do with business management. Unless it's got something to do with real estate and landlords. Well, it could be that. There's other gyms and CrossFit gyms that are still surviving. There's other Rickies, too. Go easy. I'm just saying. I'm just saying (laughs) that this story does not pass the smell test, brother. It does not. In a world where the smells are noxious, we continue on. You haven't noticed the gong is now the transition in topics. Bengaluru, India, UKG, a leading provider of HR, payroll, and workforce management solutions, said today that SHRM has recognized them. Oh. Okay. Oh, look. I see a burrito in the corner of my office. I just recognized that. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Any any other thoughts on that one? About the burrito? I'm hungry. No, I gotta I'm, heat it I'm up. Sure I think it's recognizing UKG. Oh, that that's what you meant. Um, yeah, cool. <laughs> you're you're kind of over Sherm, aren't you? I really am, dude. Why? I'm sorry. <laughs> Talk to me. Ah, it's 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 they went from again they went from being true to the profession and giving out really good information to just a money making machine they turn into a business and as long as you turn into a business eh, you 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 focus on profits and not for the reason you exist despite high inflation and a slowing economy employers in the united states continue to hire aggressively in the month of november demonstrating resilience in the face of the Federal Reserve's aggressive interest rate (laughs) hikes. This is according to the Labor Department. The economy added 263,000 jobs as the unemployment rate remained extremely low at 3.7%, close to a 53-year low. November's job growth was slightly lower than October's. And throughout the year, as inflation has risen, the Fed has raised borrowing rates. America's labor market has defied critics, adding hundreds of thousands of jobs month after month after month after month. By the way, Amazon will be laying off 20,000 workers. Ricky buys back <laughs> to you. Someone's waiting for that. Well, wait a minute. If So hold on. Where are these numbers coming from? If Amazon and all these other the companies. The labor department. Well, wait up. Hear me out. They laid off all these people then if they find work somewhere else, those jobs that they found somewhere else accounted on this report, right? 
Should be. If they found the job somewhere else. Okay, got it. It's just interesting to say, to see all these organizations laying off and at the same time saying the job market is strong. Unless everyone found a job, which that's kind of true. So strong. Despite the fact that sustained hiring and rising incomes have driven their spending, Americans are increasingly relying on credit cards to keep up with rising prices. And it doesn't matter. Many people are also dipping into their savings, which is fine. It can't be sustained permanently. But job growth is fantastic. That the American way. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Oh, what a crock of shit. Let me tell you, man, it, it, it really is a crock of shit because it, it, it's it's that's why you just can't believe anything that comes out of the media these days. And these numbers, you really got to take a deep dive uh, <laughs> into into those statistics to see exactly what what those job numbers are coming from. Cameo went the other way. Cameo so. a startup in Chicago allows users to request personalized videos from celebrities. It's gone through two waves of layoffs this year, but it doesn't matter. Tom Gimbel, CEO of Chicago-based recruiting agency LaSalle Network, stated that he has matched some of the Cameo employees with new businesses, and they got new jobs. See, and that one counted into the labor statistic. There you go. That's where those numbers are coming from. Those numbers are botched, man. Amazon laying people off right before the holidays. What does that tell you? I don't know. Hey, before we actually get into uh, current events and all the stupid stuff we normally do, uh, mm-hmm. We do have a little bit of time for an open floor discussion on anything you want. Anything you want to chat about? Um, You know what? Here's the thing. Uh, 2022 is almost over, JC. And it almost seems like just a few months ago, you and I were talking about what, what HR is going to look like in 2022. Now here we are trying to have that conversation of what it's going to look like here in about six, actually three weeks here in 2023 to see what that's going to look like later on. And I got to tell you, man, HR is changing. And I was talking to my students about this a couple of weeks ago, how envious I am of them to be involved in the early stages in HR at a time that is changing from one radical thought process to another. And this is something that I believe should have happened years ago. And that is HR going from a transactional, reactive perspective to a more strategic, proactive process by Becoming a people operations type of an employee, not just an HR. So human, right, is the person, but people is the soul, the heart that drives that person. So I really think HR needs to start focusing more on the people aspect of human resources to to kind of meet the demand that's going to happen in these next 12 to 24 months. Because these challenges that we're seeing right now from a workforce perspective, they're only going to get worse. And business leaders and HR professionals need to be more flexible now more than ever to make sure they meet those demands. Current events this week is brought to you in part by Biesco Learning. Whenever you need real, real exciting training and development for your HR department or your employees, contact Biesco Learning. We'll make sure we take care of you. That's a late applause. Thanks. Almost as they were told to do so. Circle K, Circle K Stores Incorporated and the U.S. Equal Employment Opportunity Commission have reached a nationwide agreement to settle discrimination claims related to disability, pregnancy, and retaliation. 
The resolution ends an investigation into multiple discrimination claims against Circle K and related companies. The EEOC found that it had good reason to believe that Circle K did not make reasonable accommodations for pregnant employees and people with disabilities, putting them in situations like being forced to take unpaid leave, facing retaliation, being told they couldn't go back to work until they were 100% better, or being fired. Pardon me, I'm continuing to Google what 100% better after pregnancy looks like. (laughs) These actions are against the Pregnancy Discrimination Act, Title VII of the Civil War Act of 1964. And the Americans with Disabilities Act. Civil Civil Rights Act. Oh, sorry. Not Civil War Act. <laughs> there it is. Got it. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that too. So Circle Pay is going to pay $8 million to settle Circle the case. <laughs> and uh, that includes the class action fund to pay people who are wronged. And it's going to cover people who worked at Circle K from July 10th of 2009 to September 26th of 2022. Mm. So if you worked at Circle K during those years... You might have money coming to you, and we a might see co- fifteen cents. You might see those commercials on TV, right? Did you work at Circle K? <laughs> you know, do you work at Circle K while serving in Camp Lejeune from nineteen fifty nine to nineteen eighty seven? You can see a bunch of those, man. Oh yeah, a bunch absolutely. Of those. Also, Good the company Lord. has agreed to update its policies as needed. Hire a coordinator to keep an eye on pregnancy-related disability policies, requests for reasonable accommodations, and keeping records. They're going to try to keep records now. They're going to do climate surveys and exit interviews with a focus on how they handle accommodations. Give all employees, including managers, anti-discrimination training and require the manager's performance reviews take into account co-workers with disabilities. And this agreement will last for four years. After that, who knows? Anything could happen. Ricky Byers, back to you. Folks, it is not hard. It really, I don't understand the difficulty here. I don't understand how a business leader, forget a business leader, an organization as as large as Circle K, they're not a brand new outfit. They've been around for a while. So they must have a legal department. They must have an HR department, which must have created some kind of HR processes on how to deal with conversations with people who say, I need an accommodation. When people who say, I am ready to come back to work, but not 100%, it's called dynamic dialogue. And this is when FMLA and ADA cross path because you have you need to have conversations that might include an ADA process, that might include an FMLA process, but you'll never know if that's necessary until you speak with the employee and you work together to come to an accord. I don't understand how organizations as large as Circle K keep falling into this amateur hour traps. That's what this is. It's straight up amateur hour from an HR perspective. That's it. <laughs> I guess it's ridiculous. <laughs> I'm going to wow wow from now on. What's that? Well, Circle K coffee sucks, so wow wow's pretty good. What's wah wah? You don't know what wah wah is. No, I know, but I as Holy well crap, as many other people. Me, I as well as many <laughs> other people that listen to the program don't have a wah wah. Near them. Got it. Okay. Got it. Yeah, good point. Yeah, it, it, Wawa is a Native a American really... term for a store. I don't know that. I mean, that could be true. I have no idea. But it's a essentially an upgraded gas station. If you want to compare what it would look like, think Whole Foods versus Circle K gas station. <laughs> right? Oh wow. So. Yeah. So, yeah. So if you got like a really cheap, like an Aldi's versus Whole Foods to me, that's what Circle K gas station and a Wawa gas station is. 
Unless a Bucky's. Have you been to a Bucky's? I have now. Oh Dude. my god! Oh, did you? Oh my oh, god! Tell me about this. Come Absolutely on, tell me about this Yeah, that trip to Bucky's. Let me tell you, it was uh, gas pumps as far as the eye could see, and then when you finally pull in and get the gas, and you're at like, you know, the second pump out of like seven pumps that are in a in a single row, you know. Yeah. And the rain's coming down. It's a little windy, and then I get out of the car, and it's like I'm standing in a cave. There, there's, there's no effect of the wind. It's, it's just cheapest gas I ever bought. It was great. Get done, park the, park the car near Harvard Yard. And then I walk <clears> in the <throat> store, and now I'm walking around the store, and I found the jerky wall. It was every flavor of jerky known to man with the little, little tiny uh, Bucky-like logo guy on it. I was, mm. I, it was unbelievable. Um, I couldn't find Mountain Dew. They didn't have Mountain Dew, but they had a drink called Big Red. So I tried it. That was pretty good. And then they had a deli counter, but it didn't have deli meats. It had oh, dude. fresh three-foot-long strands of jerky and, and ribs and, and unbelievable and barbecue brisket. and brisket. Yeah, man. I was like, oh, my God. You know? And then the treats, the snakes. There's, like, these beaver nuggets. I laughed at the name. I laughed at the name. I'm like little beaver nuggets with a little beaver character guy. And I'm, I'm like, okay, open up the bag. And I'm like pounding beaver nuggets in my mouth, staring at this like little cartoon face. I'm like, oh my God, this is so good. White cheddar. Oh my God. Yeah, it was, Dude. I don't know. It was like Walmart, met Costco, met 7-Eleven yes. and decided to sell gas. That's exactly what it is. Unbelievable. Exactly what it Unbelievable. is. I went to the one in Atlanta uh, last year uh, on, on my way up to um, Tennessee. And I keep seeing on 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 I ten and I seventy five all these uh, all these uh, uh, billboards for Bucky's. And let me tell you, this is a testament to the American marketing system, the American marketing executive. If you look at the logo of a Bucky's, this is really goofy looking beaver, like a fifth grade drew it, and it is effective marketing because you follow all these signs and we're like, let's just type in. And the one I went to had a hundred pumps. Yeah. 100 pumps. Yeah, man. Yeah. And you walk in, it's pandemonium. It feels like a Black Friday. Everybody's grabbing everything, merchandising, merchandising, merchandising. And everybody's yelling. And then I hear, brisket on the board. And that caught my attention. That's when I turned around and I, I saw that deli counter you was talking about. There's this guy in overalls with a huge straw hat that looks that hasn't been clean in 10 years. And started <laughs> cutting up fresh brisket. <laughs> I'm like, I love this place, bro. And the bathrooms. Have you been into those yes. bathrooms? Yes. Absolutely. Resort level cleanliness. Yeah. I love that place. Yeah, dude. Sorry. I didn't want this show to turn into a Bucky's, you know, Bucky's uh, um, uh, uh, fest. But let me tell you, that is one heck of an experience. If you see one of those really goofy signs on, on the interstate, stop in. You're not going to regret it. Get the brisket. Brisket's good. I just want to hear the music for a second. Such, I love that recorder music. I do. Oozing talent. Raw talent. I love it. Oregon Pacific University welcomes new HR personnel. And this is the HR department. They're thrilled to welcome Michaela Orbis, Martha Martinez, and Kelsey Delanois to Pacific University. Right. On July 1st, welcome. Michaela Kayla Orbis joined the team as a payroll clerk. 
Orbis joined the Pacific team as an intern in October 2020 and also served as a team lead for Walmart. She opted to join the team at Oregon Pacific University on a full-time basis in order to obtain more expertise with payroll and customer service. With the staff, she already knew how to be great to work with anyways. In her free time, she enjoys reading road trips and long walks. Big round of applause for Michaela Orbis. Good job, Michaela. JC, here's what we need to do, brother. We need to track her down. We need to track her down. Uh, Biasco Learning is going to uh, put in $100 into a gift basket for her. We're going to send it to her. We should even fly out and interview her, let her know how happy we are about that position she got and make a big deal. We'll have an episode out of that. We should do that. Once a week. Your next story is taking you all the way up to New York State. School districts in New York State are prohibited from using Native American emblems or mascots in their school names permanently starting now, according to Frau Hochul. If districts fail to comply, uh, the governor. Oh. Frau Hochul. Bless you. I know. Governor Hochul. But locals in New York call her Frau Hochul. Oh, God. She has a very stern hand. Very stern hand. Leads with, with COVID. leads with a dictatorial touch. Oh. You that sounds now right. will no longer use Native American. You know, it's like, wow. Did you just touch me? Chill. That's I'm weird. like, stop. You know, <laughs> put the knife hand away, Frau Hochul. Go <laughs> easy. Look, if, dif- if districts fail to comply with the state's instruction, schools will be penalized by the removal of school officers without withholding. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Let's let's try the sentence again because I have your if attention dip- now. <laughs> this is very, very important. Okay. Uh-huh. If a school district fails to comply with the state instruction of being prohibited from using Native American emblems or mascots in their school names, the schools will be penalized by the removal of school officers or the withholding of state funds. The New York State Department of Education issued this order prohibiting the use of Native American symbols or mascots in school names, mascots, sport teams, or logos. If districts fail to comply with the instruction, they will be penalized. And they will lose money, period. I I, I don't get it. I we we've <laughs> all of a sudden everything's offensive. Now we can't use the it, it's and and a uh, Native American name. Like in twenty years, don't use wildcats. They're da- endangered species. We can't do any of that. Are they going to stop producing the movie? Um, what's the movie with a uh, big li- major league? With uh, Charlie Sheen, he was a pitcher of the Cleveland Indians. They can't say that anymore. That's going to be an issue. They can't. Why? I don't know. But uh, in this story, the Tonawanda Warriors and the Iroquois Central Chiefs are That's only offensive. two of the districts that continue to employ Native American symbols in their school names and teams. <coughs> the town of West Seneca is altering the emblem for its West. West Seneca High School to now be the, uh, I'm sorry, for its West Seneca High School from Indians to the West High School using the letter W while the town is still called West Seneca. And they're changing their slogan to say bleed blue and go west, which has nothing to do with Native Americans. Jamestown. (laughs) Go west? Yeah. Jamestown, (laughs) another town in the area. Simply adopted the letter J at this time out of fear that they would be criticized for the name Jamestown in regards to Native American usage. 
Ricky Baez, back to you. Isn't Seneca, isn't Seneca a Native American name? Yes. Got it. That's cool, though, right? That can stay. It's just mask, schools and mascots, right? Negative. No, the town can be called West Seneca, but the school can't use the term Seneca. Because that's offensive. This is what it. the article is saying, yeah. Got it. Okay, got it. just making sure I got this it's right. It's offensive to refer to the term Seneca. Right. Not offensive enough for the town. This is the, the funny thing. It, it reminds me of like when uh, cancel culture kicked in hardcore and, and you wound up going to Walmart or Costco and you very simply want to go buy like cereal or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. And walking down the cereal aisle and, and walking past some other products, the Aunt Jemima is gone. Now it's the Pearl Millie. <laughs> like there's no Aunt Jemima anymore. Yeah. There's, there's no, like, Uncle Ben. Uncle Ben's gone. There's there's no no man on the box anymore. <clears throat> However, there's that goddamn little leprechaun on the Lucky Charms box. So <laughs> I walk down the aisle, and I, I can see these little, like, stereotypical Irish white characters everywhere. But I don't see a single black character anywhere. I don't understand the, the, the discrepancy. You know, it's, uh, I don't know, the logic well, is counterintuitive. We need to start a protest. We need to start a protest. Leave Lucky Charms. That is an offensive term, and that is an offensive um, uh, caricature. You need to get rid of that. You need. I think you need to lead that. No, I I don't mind. I don't care because whatever, <laughs> you know, it's fine. I'm like, hey, I'm going to buy you know, these. You know what I was watching I emo- last night? I emotionally relate with the character on the box. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know, I mean, like, it went, is so, this the thought process? You know what so I mean? are you hopping and skipping to work thinking your breakfast is magically delicious? Is that what you're saying? And you, Hi, you, lad. you have a I'm green outfit. Start the work day. <laughs> oh, dude, right. This, right. this reminds me. Uh, last night I was watching Tropic Thunder. That is an underrated comedy. I how, love that. How movie. are you able to watch that movie still? What? Well, you. That's why I'm bringing that up because after that, I remember a um, an interview Robert Downey Jr. did with Joe Rogan. And Joe Rogan asked him, uh, for those of you who don't know, Robert Downey Jr. played a black man. No, he played an Australian man who was playing a black man in the movie. And he did such a phenomenal job. He should have gotten an Academy Award because that was a spot-on performance. So Joe Rogan is asking him, "Is like, could you do Tropic Thunder today? And uh, and uh, Robert Downey Jr. says, if you could. <laughs> But it could be a big issue. And he started thinking back at the time when Ben Stiller called him about that role. And he told him all about it. And just right after he finished Iron Man, and he started thinking, this is a horrible idea. <laughs> people are going to hate me because he's painted, you know, people could see him as making fun and doing the whole blackface thing. Yeah. And then he's like, you know what? Stop. My heart is not there. Let me go ahead and do it. So he did He did the film thinking he's going to catch some heat. So he knew some heat was coming. And then he's saying he was relieved, which I don't know if this is any better. He was relieved to see that the only heat the movie got was to Ben for playing Simple Jack because it kind of made fun of people with mental disabilities. Oh, and Robert Downey Jr. was like, oh, God, thank God. <laughs> yeah, there's, but it was there's so much going movie. on, man, you know, and like uh, relating uh, cancel culture and everything back to the yeah. story at hand here from New York State. You know, if, uh, if someone's offended by, you know, the a team or a mascot or something honoring the people of the land that you stole, then give the land back while you're at it. You know, <laughs> I'm just saying it's time for Florida Man Story. But I don't think there's anything wrong with uh, consent, okay? 
And if if you okay. truly are honoring and, uh, you know, th- this is part of what you do, then then look for consent. You know, maybe work with the tribe or something. If you need to go to that length and say, hey, we're honoring you. I, I don't know. Look, uh, a Florida man was apprehended after attempting to steal from Walmart, and he was surrounded by cops. A Florida guy was arrested. He was trying to steal products from Walmart while scores of police officers were attending an event right there. <laughs> According to the Osceola County Sheriff's Office, this, oh my God, this is right by my house. This Florida Osceola man, County. identified as Brad, was detained at a St. Cloud Walmart after attempting to steal merchandise while 40 cops were inside for a shop with a cop event. <laughs> Well, we were conducting the Shop with a Cop program within our community's uh, area supporting children. Brad decided to steal from our nice neighbors and partners in Walmart St. Cloud. Bad, Brad. Bad. According to the article, the business was filled with almost 40 deputies. In addition to the forensics team, the community services team, CSOs, OCSO majors, and Sheriff Marcos Lopez. All who felt that Brad made a bad move and it was a bad idea. Yeah. The deputies inside the Walmart store were part of this holiday shopping event and supporting police officers and children. The department shared a photo of Brad with his hands bound behind his back, his pockets turned inside out, a bottle of perfume, gloves, and what seemed to be hedge clippers, a syringe, and a container with a plastic baggie containing unknown goods were also photographed in the Facebook post. He was planning a heck of a party. Ricky, buys back to you. <laughs> I know that Walmart, it is about five miles from my house. I know exactly what you're talking about. And talk about bad timing. So not only did he decide to rob a Walmart that maybe half of the police force of St. Cloud was in or the Osceola County Sheriff's Office was in, but that means if he would have chosen another Walmart on the opposite side of town, they would have gotten to, if they would have called the cops, they would have gotten to him in double the time because they were all at the other Walmart. Crazy, right? <laughs> so, what a moronic move. Wow. How lucky is he? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> You can't make this uh, stuff up, man. No, you, you cannot, know? man. Gotta love Florida, brother. Gotta love Florida. We earned that name. Florida man snoring. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Story. Oh, you're going to love this next one. Oh, great. A Florida woman claims she lost $11,000 to a scam in which she was told an Arizona lottery winner had chosen her at random for a cash prize. According to 12 News, a local Arizona news channel owned by Tecna, a publicly traded media firm, Diana Izarita, the reported victim of the alleged fraud, stated she got a text message from someone identifying themselves as Mr. Woodman and claiming to be a payment facilitator. According to a screenshot shared with the news organization, Mr. Woodman's text to Izarita stated, Gilbert, Arizona, couple won a $473 million Powerball lottery jackpot in 2022, and that couple is donating $90,000 to 50 random people, and you're one of them. When Isaretta contacted Woodman to claim that uh, to claim what she assumed was her reward, the person on the other end of the line requested for credit card details and everything to cover transfer uh, fees, taxes, course. and IRS charges. The scammer allegedly pulled a maybe $1,000 out of the account, and uh, Isaretta lost a lot more money over a five-month period after that. Mm-hmm. The scammer stated she would be reimbursed for the money that she would pay it in, and it was not the case. 
The person running the scam was from Florida. Oh, okay. Ricky Baez, so, back to you. Both Floridians. Look, folks, I, and I feel bad, right, because the people who mostly fall for this are el just elderly folks who just don't really know how to navigate these, you know, these kind of scams. And But if it's too good to be true, folks, do not let greed get over yourself and do not let greed get ahead of your intuition. If it's too good to be true, nine times out of ten, it is. So I feel bad that that happened. But at the same time, I mean, look, that's what you get for trying to be greedy, right? I'm not blaming the victim here. But you got to be smarter than that. Anybody's asking you, calling you out of the blue. It, 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 JC, I treat this like somebody knocking on my door. Nothing good ever comes from an unsolicited door knock. Nothing good ever comes from it. That's right. If somebody knocks on the door and I'm not expecting anybody, I don't answer. Because it's either somebody's trying to sell me something or something I don't want. Same thing here. Right? Somebody tells you, you just want some money. This shit ain't happening. So just stay away from it. Our stories continue. Do they now? But now we're leaving the state of Florida because the story was too good to leave on the table. Huh. <laughs> A man who was out at some Northland area clubs in Ohio Friday morning was shot. And he didn't realize it until he was driving home. After receiving a report of a guy with a gunshot wound, Columbus police officers arrived at Graham Medical Center. Officers discovered a 36-year-old male had been shot in the left hip while out at a nightclub on Carl Road in the Northland area. According to police, the victim only remembered being out of the clubs, and it wasn't until his child's mother picked him up that he realized he had been shot. The injured man was brought to the hospital and expected to recover. Anyone with information about shooting a drunken white man in Columbus. Please contact the Columbus Police Department's Felony Assault Unit at 614-645-4141 or Central Ohio Crime Stoppers at 614-461-TIPS. Ricky Baez, back to you. JC, this is an unrelated question to, for you. Um, how much cocaine should somebody take before you don't feel you being shot? No idea. No comment. Oh, okay. I was wondering because um, I don't know how you do not know you were shot until yeah. you got home. I, I, I just don't know, unless you were so high partying. That is the only way he went Tony Montana style, right? Ohio <laughs> that, man stories. You got to love it. <laughs> oh, Lord, man. I thought you was going to go with the with the uh, fishing tournament cheating scandal. But we didn't go there. That's okay. Same thing. Uh, we're at that time in the program for final thoughts. Going around the room. Ricky Baez, over to you. Dude, the year's almost done, man. We got three, two more shows. Two more shows Maybe. before we take a winter break. Yeah, we take a I winter break. We, no, no, no. We might have two more shows. We have to see how the schedule aligns. Ah, going on. we might have less or a lot more. Yeah, yeah, right, but right. We may have at least a show between now and the end of the year. You know what? Maybe the next show is going to be the end of year extravaganza. So here's I, what I say. have a proposition. I have a proposition yes, for you. So you and I both do a uh, HR show outside of HR talk. Yep. And I would like to propose uh, you grab uh, uh, that dude that you do that show with, and I'll grab the dude that I do the <laughs> show with, and the four of us do a show together on HR talk. That would be a drunken mess. Yeah. And it would be amazing. I know it would. <laughs> I just want to moderate that. I want to sit in the room. I want to be a no, fly you're not going to. You're going to be involved in that one because mm, yeah. that's going to be interesting. It would be good. I'm yes. telling you, I think it'd be all good. Right, all right, you know Can what? Can you I'm set gonna, that I'm up? Gonna, 
I'm gonna I, I'm gonna have some convos. I'm gonna have some conversations to make sure that happens. But look, final thoughts, man. Um, this year's almost over, and the same thing I said at the beginning of year of the year is going to apply. Flexibility. Just be flexible, folks. Um, the world of HR, the world of business, it continues to change, and your flexibility, if you want to stay in that train, needs to change along with it. So be flexible, be kind, and uh, get ready for 2023. My final thoughts on the day are this. I don't care who you are and what you do. Just don't do dumb or bad shit. That's it. Like, that's it. Just try to be a good person and don't do dumb things. You know? If you're out there doing something dumb and you think you shouldn't be doing it, then don't do it. Let's try that again. If you're doing something that you think you shouldn't be doing, then don't do it. That's going to be my ringtone for you. Yeah, thank Anytime you. Anytime you call me, it's going to sound like that. It's pretty simple, you know. <laughs> and a lot of the really terrible jokes that we we uh, exude on this program are exactly that. Just terrible jokes to get a reaction out of you, to get you Excuse listening, you. to keep you uh, engaged, and to help make you think. That's all. We're not trying to tell you how to think. Uh, We don't want to form the opinion for you. Uh, You should have your own opinions. They shouldn't be uh, formed or curated by media, by social media, by anything. Use that information to formulate your own opinion. Um, If if you're in an area where the state is coming down on you and you you don't like the government, well, do something about it. In the meantime, make jokes about the people and, and the things going on, but... You know, you want to make the change, go go effectively make that change. If you're at work and there's bad things happening, you don't want to be part of those bad things and you want to make it better, go make it better or leave. Do one or the other. And if you're in your personal life and you're doing dumb stuff, stop doing dumb stuff. It's pretty simple. Be happy. Take care of people around you. Just be a good person. Yes, Ricky. Um, yeah, Ricky Bias, um, HR Talk News. I got a question for you. Um, what if people are happy doing dumb shit? What's uh, your telephone number again? 407-501-8425. Give Ricky Bias a call if that's your stance on the world and you need some help at work. He'll be more than happy to help you out. That's Bias Go Learning, and he'll uh, he'll that's help right. educate you on, on a few things. That's all I got that's for right. the day today. It's been a pleasure being here. I don't know what else to say. Ricky, your thoughts? Anything? No, just look. I'm happy to be Oh, we're not lawyers, chair. too. This we're not fun. lawyers. We're not attorneys. We're not lawyers. We're not attorneys, um, which is, you know, 50% of us are really good looking, and the other 50% is in Buffalo. So uh, yeah, thank no, you very uh, much uh, for listening. It isn't that the other 50% are just in Buffalo. It's that we relate with the character on the front of a Lucky Charms box, and that <laughs> is socially acceptable. That's fine. Because it's magically delicious. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, that makes me want burritos. There you go. From Alaska. I'm getting burritos from Alaska. I'm not kidding. I'm going right now.